0: Murder and Mayhem in Herkimer County. This is the Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore. Today we welcome two guests, Carol Hobson and Susan Perkins, editors of a history book with the alarming title of Murder and Mayhem in Herkimer County. The book is published by Arcadia... And it's available uh, from the uh, Historical Society in Herkimer County. We'll give you that information at the end of our episode. Our uh, guests have written four other local history books about Herkimer Village, German Flats, uh, Frankfurt, and uh, Little Falls. I'm going to start off with Carol Hobson, Administrative Assistant at the uh, Historical Society. You wanted to uh, I- explain how this new book that, you, which you and Susan Perkins have uh, put together kind of uh, updates or maybe was inspired by a book that was written in 1885?
1: Yes. Um, thanks, Bob. We wanted to write this book for a while. Something that's very popular in our library is a publication called Murders of Herkimer County. And this was written and published in 1885 by William H. Tippett. He was involved in the newspaper industry, and a very well-known murder happened in 1884 into 1885. That was the Roxolana-Drews murder. -hmm. And it caught everyone's attention, and Tippett was able to be there at the time that this was going on, And so he wrote about this murder in this book, but he came up with the idea to research all the previous murders that happened in Herkimer County, and he researched at the county records room going through the court records. And this has always been a popular um, book that people like to look at. It's not available for sale. Um, So we always had the idea of reprinting that book, Mm -hmm. but what we did was we took a few cases that he wrote about in his book, and it goes up to 1885, and we continued it up to the 1930s with some new cases. And so that's what we did, Mm -hmm. and and it really is a, a nice little compilation of the murders and some sensational crimes as well in Herkimer County. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, you said that uh, Tippetts uh, was maybe prompted by uh, the story of Roxalana Drews. And I gather that you were involved in a play, uh, Roxy, written by Jack Sherman, who's one of the authors in your uh, this new book. But I don't yes. believe he wrote the Ro- Did he write the Roxalana Drews story in this book?
1: He actually didn't. We His name is Jack Sherman, and we know him. He was uh, involved with the DA's office, and he's a county judge um, in Tompkins County, retired now. And he was involved in a reenactment when he was in Herkimer County of the Chester-Gillette mm-hmm. trial. Now, that's one of the most famous right. cases. We've yeah, we'll get him. to that
0: one in, in a moment. Let's stick with sure, uh, Roxalanda sure. Drews for right so, now. Uh, now, the the point was I mean she killed her husband, her abusive husband, and I guess I'm getting to the point and yes. she was then hanged and um, wasn't she the last woman to yes. hang in New York State?
1: She was in eighteen eighty seven and he we approached Jack Sherman to write a play about this case and he did and it's an excellent play. We performed it with the Ilian Little Theatre Company to sell out crowds for each performance. And um, so we approached him to um, write about uh, doing a story for this book, but he's also involved with the Chester Gillette case, so he wrote a chapter on that instead of the Roxalana Drews case.
0: Mm. Um, Let me bring up another um, case that's in your uh, book. And another kind of connection to you in particular, we're talking with Carol Hobson, one of the uh, co-editors of Murder and Mayhem in Herkimer County. You collaborated with Ilian Little Theatre, producing a play called Shattered Angel, written by Stephen Wagner, on a 1914 murder committed by a man named Gene Gianini. I believe in the book you have Dennis Webster, who wrote about it. I know Dennis, in fact, I've interviewed him about, he had a previous book about uh, this murder case. Can you tell us about th- that particular case?
1: Sure. Um, yes, Dennis wrote a book on the case, and so that's why we approached him to write the chapter on that. Gene Gianini was a 16-year-old student who murdered his school teacher in the village of Poland, New York, And it was a sensational case because it was one of the first ones that imbecility was used as a defense, and it was a successful defense. Um, He was not um, charged with first-degree murder, which would have been a sentence of him being executed in the electric chair. He was sent away um, to Matawan State Prison for the insane, and he actually was in institutions all of his life, in, and he lived to his 80s. And um, it was all he was in New York State the entire time. And by doing the play, we actually reached out to some family members, um, two nieces of Gene, who one of them came to the play, and they shared pictures with us that we had never seen before of Gene's father, and some other pictures. And nobody ever knew where he was buried. On. Um, and the niece finally did find out where Gene is buried, um, in the New York City area. And she's going, and it's an unmarked grave. And she and her daughter mm. are going to lay a, a wreath at his grave. And I thought that was nice. Mm.
0: Now, Gene Giannini w- wasn't his father kind of a prominent man?
1: They were a New York City family that moved up to Herkimer County. Um, he would come up. The father would come up here hunting in the Adirondack Park, and, and he was familiar with the Poland area, so they decided to move up here. And um, he had a furniture store in Poland, and it was a well-known family. Mm-hmm. And so when this murder happened, they hired an attorney from New York City, and, and they had a prominent psychiatrist at the time come and testify and they used the Binet test. That was the first time that a Binet, B-I-N-E-T, test was used in a case like this. Mm-hmm. And um, determining the mental age of a person. And Jean was deemed the mental age of 10. Um, and he was 16 at the time. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, and the person he killed was a woman named Lida Beecher, who was his teacher, correct?
1: Yes, she was his school teacher. And he used the pretense of – he wasn't in school at the time. He actually had been sent to a boys' um, institution in Utica, and he had come, been out for about a couple months, and he approached her about returning to school. And so he used that pretense to lure her up a road, um, saying that he wanted her to talk to his father about it. And instead, you know, he had um, – had the uh, a, actually it was a, a wrench um, that he used, and um, he did murder her up on that hill and left her there. Mm.
0: And if I could just go back to the Roxalana Drews case uh, for a, a moment, which was uh, really uh, sad, or uh, you know, it, it sounds like t- today she certainly wouldn't have been executed. How was she executed? They they didn't have public hangings by then, but uh, how did, was that done?
1: That actually was a very private hanging. Um, it was in the jail yard behind the jail here in Herkimer. There was a high wall. Um, they actually had to rent the gallows from another county because this isn't something that is usually done in Herkimer County. And it was, yes, you had to have a ticket to attend the execution. And we have one of those tickets in our collection.
0: What is it with Herkimer? I mean, do you think that there are more murders in Herkimer County? Or is it just that any one of our upstate counties could be scoured like this and you'd find a a bunch of murders?
1: Oh, I I think so, definitely. I think when you start digging into the past, especially people doing genealogy. You know, you talk about finding the skeletons in your closet. We all have something like that. And actually, one of the murders I wrote about, I discovered that I was related very distantly to one of the murder victims that I wrote about, and I didn't know that at the time. So I think you find this everywhere, but Herkimer County happens to have three of the most famous, one of the more Mm -hmm. famous cases. Yes, yes.
0: You, you mentioned, I think, two, well, let's get, get to them, uh, the um, Roxelana Drew's case. The other case is the case of uh, Chester uh, Gillette, who was executed uh, f- for uh, murdering a young woman, and that has become a media favor. I mean, there was a book written about it, right? Can you tell us about that one?
1: Many books, yes. It, yeah, An American Tragedy, written by Theodore Dreiser, it's a famous no- American novel. He made it famous, um, and then based on that, you have a Hollywood film, A Place in the Sun, starring Elizabeth Taylor, Montgomery Cliff, Shelley Winters, um, that really made it famous. And that's that's our most famous murder in Herkimer County. Mm. Many people are familiar with that.
0: And um, the, the victim was Grace Brown, uh, and she drowned, right, um Big Moose Lake up in the the Adirondacks, but well, in Herkimer County?
1: That's the contention. Chester Gillette never did admit to killing her and said she jumped overboard. She was very despondent. She was pregnant, and they weren't married, and they were up in the Adirondacks. They were, they were both from Cortland, New York, but they came on a vacation up here to the Adirondacks, and they took a boat ride on Big, Mo- Big Moose Lake. And Chester said she jumped overboard, but when the autopsy results came back, you know, you could see that she had a severe blow to the head, to her eye area. And so they believed that he used a tennis racket and hit her on the head, and she fell into the water. Mm.
0: And uh, he he was executed, and um, and that was covered extensively, right? Oh, yeah. When that happened.
1: Yes, um, at Auburn Prison in 1908, he was executed in the electric chair, and we, in 2006, the 100th anniversary, we had a big commemoration um, that we went up to Big Moose Lake, we dedicated a state marker, um, and we met relatives that we had not known that existed. On both sides, Grace Brown and Chester Gillette, Mm -hmm. and a diary that he kept in prison at Auburn was discovered at that time. And so Craig Brandon, who wrote Murder in the Adirondacks, he wrote another book based on that diary, uh, the prison diary of Chester Gillette.
0: Now, you had mentioned that you found in studying your own genealogy that maybe you're related to one of the cases. Is that the one about Lizzie Finn and Martin Finn?
1: Yes, yes. Okay.
0: Can you tell us about that and how you're, that's connected? And you and your husband, uh, James Hobson, wrote the the chapter about this uh, case.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, a rocky marriage ends in an axe blow. I, I love to tell people that, that we wrote that as a married couple, and hopefully it's not, you know, <laughs> something no. in our future, which we definitely not, but I, I like to laugh about that. But yes, um, one thing about these, that are in this book, they are well researched. And what we have done is we not only write about the case, we, we write about what happens to the people that are still here, um, the, murder, the murderer. You know, do they stay in prison? Do they die in prison? Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things I continued researching about this case where the wife murders her husband... And um, so in my research, I discovered that my great-great-grandfather, Timothy Hildreth Shedd, was the brother of Phoebe Shedd, who is the grandmother of Hmm. Martin Finn, who is the murder victim.
0: And uh, Lizzie Finn ultimately took her own life with uh, poison, I guess, morphine, insecticide. But some years after the murder, or was it the same it was
1: the nope. It was the same day, the same evening. With... She had committed the murder and she ran to tell her parents, who did not live um, far away. All and right. then she came back and she took the poison. And by the time they came back with help, um, they discovered that both had passed.
0: Carol Hobson has been talking uh, with us. She's co-editor of Murder and Mayhem in Herkimer County. We'll talk with her co-editor in uh, just a moment. You're listening to the Historian's Podcast. We depend on your contributions to keep uh, the podcast going. We have a 2020 campaign. If you go to GoFundMe.com, you'll be able to be prompted on how to donate online. Or if you'd rather send a check in the mail, make out a check to me, Bob Cudmore. 125 Horseman Drive, Scotia, New York, 12302. And thank you very much. On this episode of the Historian's Podcast, the topic is the book Murder and Mayhem in Herkimer County, which contains 38 true crime stories. The editors and authors of some of the pieces in the book our Historical Society Administrative Assistant, Carol Hobson. We just heard from Carol. And now we're joined by Executive Director of the Historical Society, Susan Perkins. You wrote four of the stories in the book. Can you tell us about uh, one of them, which is The Black Widow of Warren?
1: the Black Widow of Warren her name was Nancy Condon Yates Gardner Lyman Uh yeah she married several times but she uh, her first husband was George Yates and she married him when she was 18 and they had six children together and uh, then he died in 18 around 1864 and then she married Ephraim Gardner Mm -hmm. but there's a story behind that because there was another gentleman uh, by the name of Frederick Lyman and both men were interested in marrying her and so she ended up choosing to, between the two men she decided that she would marry Ephraim Garner
0: hmm.
1: well then he died I see <clears throat> they married in 1868 and then he died March of 1869. He'd become violently ill and they couldn't figure out it just became suspicious to the neighbors, right? That right. Something had happened to him. And so they ended up investigating. They disinterred uh, Mr. Uh, Gardner's body and they found out that he had arsenic poisoning. Oh.
0: Yeah. So was she? She was charged in that
1: case. She was charged in that, but she ended up getting off because they the jury found her not guilty because they thought there wasn't enough evidence to prove it.
0: Hm. Mm. So was she ever convicted of an, any no. of the deaths?
1: Nope. She got oh. away with it. Oh. oh. And then she ended up marrying Mister Lyman Frederick Lyman after that.
0: Did he die in an untimely way?
1: Um, No, but he died, and when he died, he didn't leave anything to her in his will. And he was much older than she was. Uh And so we kind of think maybe the children warned him about her. I see. Her record. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I guess so. And another uh, murder that you wrote about is, is the murder of Moses Craig Holden Sr., what happened there?
1: Uh, Moses Craig, he was a 50-year-old blacksmith who had married Julia Lampman in 1849, and they had two daughters. And so his murderer was Alfonso Clark of Jacksonburg, which Mm -hmm. is just outside of Mohawk, going east, heading towards Little Falls. He was 19 19 at the time and the cause of the murder was an account of holden's intimacy with alfonso's sister mary and mary was 24 years old and they had had a baby together and they took off and ended up going out to syracuse mm-hmm. and the family was able to track them down and bring bring brought the daughter back here and it ended up that um, Mo, that uh, he was murdered, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Holden murdered Clark because of his sister.
0: Hmm. We're talking with uh, Sue Perkins, uh, co-editor of Murder and Mayhem in, in Herkimer County. What is the appeal of, the, of these stories?
1: Uh, people just love murders, and some of them are unsolved. Um, uh, some got sent to prison. Some got away with it. They're just so intrigued with it, especially the three popular ones that Carol spoke of earlier. Especially the Gillette one. They there was no no witnesses to the to mm-hmm. the murder of Grace. Mm-hmm. So some people believe that Chester didn't do it. That Grace was despondent and jumped into the lake and drowned.
0: Uh, I I think he did. Yes, I I would probably go along with you on that. I must say, um, I I think you're right that people, I think you said, just love these stories. Three of my uh, friends in the kind of the history game Frequently write about murders and crime. Uh, Peter Betts in the Glover's Leader-Herald. A friend of mine named Tara Norman. Uh, she wrote a book, The Vindication of Lewis Roach, that was in Montgomery County. And maybe you've run across uh, my old friend Christine Christine Orr Eggleston, who has a series of Mohawk Valley murders. I don't know if she gets up as far as Herkimer, but I believe she does some of the Little Falls ones. They're they're like little pamphlets that she she writes and and people. So So, are, are you familiar with other local history folks that write about murders?
1: Uh, we have Dan, yeah. Dennis Webster. Oh, yeah,
0: I know Dennis too. <laughs>
1: yes, he he wrote about uh, Gene hmm. He wrote a book on that, and then of course he wrote about old the old Maine that was um, a psych like a psych center. Yeah way back. Yeah. And then um, of course Jim Greiner, I'm sure Carol mentioned Jim, writing about Roxelana Drews, The Last Woman Hanged. Yes. Um, I do know Peter Batts, my fellow historian. I've gone to many meetings with him. Yep. Uh, I can't think well, of right that's, off. That's all right. How did
0: you find the um, authors for these stories? I mean, you, you had, what was it, over 30 uh, people uh, contributed stories? Yeah,
1: 38 people. Uh, we have a lot of volunteers that we were able to get to do the research. And we have some of the papers here. And, of course, we use FultonHistory.com, which is a free newspaper site. And so we're able to get some of the stories off of out of the newspapers. And we have access to some of the trial transcripts. So we uh, got people to say okay would you like to write us uh, write up one of the murders and we we're fortunate to have some uh, H Paul Dreheims uh photographs he was a reporter for uh, one of the Utica papers and it was from Herkimer and also wrote for the Herkimer Evening Telegram and so he was the crime reporter so he took a lot of pictures of the murder scenes Mhm and some of those pictures are featured in the book.
0: Yes, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, you do have a, a number of of these those great newspaper pictures of of crime scenes and the perpetrators and the victims and so on.
1: Yes, dismembered bodies. It's like, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> now,
0: all right. So, do you get any? I gather that uh, we talked with Carol about the uh, old book that was put out in 1885 in Herkimer County by William Tippetts. Um, And I gather that when he put out that book, there was some backlash, if you will. I mean, do do you get any pushback on this? People saying, why do you have to remember all this stuff about Herkimer County?
1: I've only had one person that they didn't want their their relative that was involved with the murder, they didn't want it in the book. So we didn't do it. Mm -hmm. We honored their request not to do it. But most people, they they just are intrigued by it and have no problem with it being out there.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I, again, would agree with you on that. I, I, I've had similar experience, probably one that stands out in my mind of something I've written about because I do newspaper columns on local history uh, of a murder that they – but that was primarily because some of the people who were sort of t- uh, involved at least a little bit in the – in the crime, we were, were still alive, you know, and that it was, you know, uh, it, it was a tough thing for them to read about it again. But most of the time, what I find, and it maybe is your case, that the people are just interested, you know, that their great great uncle w- was was a convicted murderer.
1: Right. And it, it, you know, it makes your family tree more interesting sometimes <laughs> when you have those stories.
0: Also, I was trying to think. I mean, we kind of covered this ground with Carol. I mean, is there anything special about Herkimer County with these murders? Um, I think the the fact that you've got your, well, let's call them the big three. And I would say, especially the one in terms of media interest, the uh, murder in the uh, Adirondacks one uh, one that became the basis of American uh, tragedy, Chester uh, uh, Gillette, uh, that these have really attracted a lot of uh, attention to Herkimer County. Um, uh, the other thought I had was that Herkimer County uh, combined both the industri- the old industrial kind of uh, upstate New York and also a good chunk of the Adirondacks because your, your county goes way up into the North Country.
1: Yes, the county's ninety miles in length and twenty three miles wide. And you can't get to the Adirondacks without going outside of Herkimer County. You have to go over into Oneida County and back over because there aren't roads that go up through through the uh, the woods. Mm. And uh, so there's, there was a few... We have a couple murders in the book from up in uh, the Old Forge area. Uh, well, of course, Chester and Grace at Big Moves. But uh, it's just a fascinating topic, and we'll... We're thinking about doing another edition.
0: Really, already? Okay. I was going to ask you, what's the reaction been to the book?
1: Oh, they love it. Some one of our, one of our people that bought one said they went home and they read it overnight, and they just look forward to another edition. Hmm. So we've already got some of our writers said, "Oh yeah, please include me. We'll we'll write another book."
0: So, really, and yeah. is this with all these authors? Um, well, anyway, what? What happens to the proceeds of this? Is the proceeds Are the proceeds for the Herkimer County Historical Society?
1: Yes. Uh, we get royalties from the sales of the book. And, of course, the book's on, out there on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Uh, you can even uh, Google the book, and they'll come up under Google Books, and you can get an e-edition as well. But we'd love to have people buy it from the society.
0: You know, I'll give that address and so forth in in uh, just a moment, it, and I didn't ask Carol this, but she talked about several of the of the cases, the murders in the, in your book, and they're not all murders, by the way. This little tangent—I know she wrote one that wasn't a murder. You have other things. You also have mayhem. However, you describe that, right?
1: Right, mayhem, and who uh, would ask me that one. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what the mayhem is. I just well, I think the, the mayhem
0: in terms of. Um, what, what, a story that Carol wrote was caught on film.
1: Oh, the one with, uh, yeah.
0: It was a kidnapping, and it was a man who allegedly kidnapped somebody, but it turned out he'd gone to California, and somebody found him by watching a movie, and he was in the movie. <laughs> and so they knew what had happened to him.
1: Yeah, isn't that something? It was right here in Herkimer that they were at the theater watching the movie, and they said, oh, we recognize him. (laughs) Yeah, he took off with his sister.
0: But let me ask you, Susan, and Susan is the uh, executive director of the Herkimer County Historical Society, what is your favorite story in this book, or do you have one?
1: Oh, I like the... I think the one that I talked about, the one with the, the many husbands, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the black
0: widow. <laughs> and I realize I, I probably shouldn't have started another train of thought because we're just about out of time. Murder and Mayhem in Herkimer County contains 38 true crime stories. It costs twenty-three ninety-nine. It's twenty-eight ninety-nine by mail from the Herkimer County Historical Society gift shop, 406 North Main Street, Herkimer, New York one three three five zero. The editors are Historical Society administrative assistant Carol Hobson and Executive Director Susan Perkins. This has been the Historians Podcast. I'm Bob Goodmore.